Hey, tonight we are continuing our series uh, called This Is Our Story. Uh, I am not speaking tonight. Dalton, uh, he's gonna come up here. Yeah, can we give, some Dal- can we give Dalton some love? Hey, hey, I need y'all to do me a favor though. I need y'all to do me a favor. This is Dalton's first ever message. First ever sermon. So can we give Dalton some love? Come on. Yeah. 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 So, hey, just as y'all are respectful and you pay attention for me, hey, let's do that even better for him, okay? Let's pray for Dalton, and then he's going to dive into God's Word. Uh, God, we just thank you for Dalton. Uh, We thank you for the way that you're working and moving in his life. God, I thank you for the man of God that you're making him into. God, I thank you for his heart for students. God, the way that he pours into uh, especially the eighth grade boys on a weekly basis. God, tonight, as he brings your word, God, I pray that you would speak through him, give him the confidence to speak your word in truth. So God, we just pray your blessings over him and give you thanks for Dalton. In your name we pray, amen. How are we doing tonight, midweek? I, I think we can do a little better than that. How are we doing tonight, midweek? Yeah. How's the food truck? Did anyone get some of the food? Was it good? Was it good? Hey, that's what I like to hear. Okay, guys. So I don't know if it's your first time here or if you've been here the last couple weeks, but we've been going through a sermon series called This Is Our Story. And what this sermon series is, is we've been looking at some stories from the Old Testament. And for those of you who might not know, a brief little overview is The Bible is one book divided into two sections. These two sections are the Old Testament and the New Testament. A super simple way to think about it is the Old Testament is pre-Jesus, while the New Testament is when Jesus is alive and Jesus building his church. That's a super simple way to put it, but that's an an easy way to remember the differences. But, But here's the deal. The Old Testament and the New Testament are one book. They're comprised of 66 smaller books, but as a whole, this, what we have right here, is one book. In fact, the entire Old Testament is pointing to God's salvation of all people through his Messiah, which we know as Jesus. So if you're not reading the Old Testament, you're actually missing out on half of, half of the story. And honestly, you're missing out on over half. Here is, here's, the, the, sorry, here's the size difference you're looking at. You're missing over half of the story. So if we just look at the New Testament, we're missing out on so much. So that's kind of why we're going through the Old Testament so that we're able to see how this applies to us and the importance that an old book that's not just the New Testament has for each and every one of us. So last week, we looked at the story of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God. And for those of you who don't know, a prophet is someone who speaks God's message. So he has a personal relationship where he actually hears what God is saying and his job is to go and speak these words to the people. And for Jonah, the people that he was supposed to preach to were the Ninevites. So God told Jonah, hey, I want you to go preach repentance to the Ninevites. But the issue was Jonah Jonah hated the Ninevites. He hated the Ninevites so much that he actually ran away from God, which is never a smart idea. But he decided, hey, I'm going to go hop on a boat and try and cross the ocean to run away from God. Jonah then, Jonah and the people on the ship get, 
they get a huge storm that comes upon the boat. And Jonah says, hey, this is my fault. Throw me overboard. So they throw Jonah overboard and he gets swallowed by a massive fish. When Jonah's in this fish, he decides, you know what? It's time for me to repent and call upon, call upon the Lord. So Jonah repents of what he's done and the, the fish actually spits Jonah out. So Jonah then decides, hey, you know what? I am going to go preach God's word. And he goes to Nineveh where 120,000 people repent and believe in God. So here's, a, here's two big messages I want you guys to take away from last week and what we were talking about with Jonah is God's salvation is for everyone, even the people that we might hate. That doesn't exclude anyone from God's salvation. And our obedience to God will bless others. Jonah being obedient to God led to the blessing of 120,000 people being saved. So today, I, we're gonna walk through the story of Noah and the flood. And really, we're gonna focus on Noah's obedience to God and how, how his obedience is the reason that you and I are, are here today. So would you guys pray with me real quick? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time that we were able to share together and the ability for us to be in this building and be able to worship you and learn about you and grow in community with our friends and with people we've never met, Lord. I ask that you, you speak your word through me today, Lord, that it's not me speaking, but it's you. And that for everyone listening, that you have a message for each and every person and that you challenge us in whatever, whatever we're struggling with our own life, you comfort us, but you also show us your way and, how, and what you call us to, Lord. I thank you so much for this time. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, who's heard of Noah in the flood? Raise your hand. Okay, cool. So we've got a good amount of people who know the story. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump to Genesis six. And for those of you who don't know, Genesis is the first book of the Bible and it's also the first book of the Old Testament. So before I kind of get reading into the exact scripture, I wanna give you guys a little bit of a summary here. So Noah was a man who lived in a wicked generation, pure evil, the exact opposite of God. But Noah was deemed righteous and blameless among this people. So there's a wicked generation, but Noah is set apart and Noah's different. And God decides, hey, you know what? It's wicked. I'm going to set the, I'm going to hit the reset button. I'm going to kill everything. And I mean that he is going to kill everything. But because Noah was found righteous in the eyes of the Lord, he's going to protect Noah and his family. So God commands Noah to build an ark to survive a flood that, that's gonna kill everything on the earth. So we're gonna read from Genesis 6, five through eight. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them, the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So what we learn from these, these four verses here is, like I said, everyone is wicked. They're the opposite of God. And it, it saddens the Lord. His once perfect creation in the garden with Adam and Eve, perfect has now become evil, except for Noah and his family. And... Just, just think about that. God is looking down on his people who were once perfect and he just sees the evil and the wickedness that has come upon the earth. So he decides, hey, you know what? 
we're going to kill everyone and we're restarting. But, but here's where the story shifts a little. And we're going to look at verse eight. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Guys, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is where the entire story shifts. You guys, God is going to kill everyone. But because of his love and his graciousness to Noah, he provides an avenue for the human race to survive. And I know you guys are gonna laugh a little bit on this, so get the giggles out. But as Christians, we are called to be the butt. Hey, laugh it up. I know, I know it's a little funny. <laughs> but seriously, one of my favorite words in the Bible is but. And I know that sounds silly, but I wanna give you an example personally for me. From the moment that I was born, I was born a sinner. And my sin, the wages of sin is death. Because of who I am, I was doomed to hell. But because God loves me, and he loves each and every one of you beyond imagination. He sent away, he sent his only son to provide an avenue for that relationship to God to be restored and for each of us have the, to have the opportunity to spend eternity with him in heaven. So now kind of jumping back to the story, we see that God's gonna destroy everything, but he provides a way for Noah and his family to survive. The but changes the entire story. It changes what would become, what would be the entire human race being killed in a total restart to one man and his family being carried through a flood and surviving. So now, now we're presented with an important question. Why did Noah find favor in the eyes of the Lord? Well, it, it tells us in the second part of verse nine, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. So these are, these are the three descriptions we get of Noah in his time. He was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, that wicked generation that we've been talking about. And he walked faithfully with God. So now I wanna ask you guys the question, are you the but? Everyone does this, but you are different. And here's, here's what I'm gonna say. The message in this book is not blending in with the culture. It's not our job to do what every, everyone else does. It's not our job to be with the wicked people. We are called to be set apart. We are called like Noah to be set apart for the Lord. Let's think about it. Say, hey, everyone at school bullies Jackson, but Steve does not because he is obedient to the Lord. Everyone at school cheats on their test, but Stacy does not because she is obedient to the Lord. Guys, you see how the but changes the story. Everyone does one thing, but because of our obedience to God, we do something different. We are called to a different standard of living. So I wanna jump back to the story here. And how, how is God gonna destroy the earth? We all know, but for Noah, it, it gets explained in Genesis 6, 6, 14 through 16. God instructs Noah to build an ark that is about 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Guys, that, that is four and a half football fields long. And let me put it in another way. That's over a quarter mile long of a boat, a boat. 
Here's a life-size, um, this is actually in Kentucky. It's called the Creation Museum. And they have a life-size Noah's Ark. So they, they took this ark completely from the dimensions of the Bible and built it. And right here, these are people standing next to this ark. Remember, this is 45 feet high and it's over a quarter mile long. But the, the ark had to be huge. It had to be big because it was going to fit two of every single animal. So it had to be literally ginormous to handle everything that was going to be inside. So now we're going to look at verse 22. And this is one of my favorite parts of the story. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. I'm going to say that again. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. As Christians, we are called to obey everything that God commands us. When I say everything, I mean everything. For Noah, it was building a boat the size of four and a half football fields in the middle of a desert. Guys, it's possible Noah didn't even know what rain was. There's a chance at this point in time, theologians think it might have never rained. So Noah might not even know what rain is. But God told him, hey, you're gonna build a boat? And Noah said, okay, I'm gonna do everything you have commanded. And I'm gonna be blunt here. None of us get to pick and choose what we get to follow from this book. We are called to follow everything because this is God's word to us. God calls each and every Christian to follow everything in this book. And, and I wanna make this clear. It's, the Bible is not just a rule book. God loves us so much that he gives us Guide, uh, guidance and rules on how to best live our life, on how we're supposed to live in order to reach that fullness for us and for God. You guys, Romans 8.28 tells us that God works all things together for good for those who love him. It's not just a rule book. It is God helping us reach the fullness of life for ourselves and to glorify him. So it might seem impossible to do what God tells us to do as a Christian, but we are called to have that crazy faith. Guys, as Christians, we're called to have crazy faith. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I need to jump back to the story here because God commanded, God commanded Noah to build that ark. And here's, here's just, this is mind boggling. It's, it's thought that the ark took between 40 and 120 years to build. 40 and 120 years to build a boat. Guys, Noah woke up every single day for 365 days a year for 40 to 120 years and did everything as God commanded him, everything. There's no inclination in the Bible that says Noah woke up and doubted God one day. Noah did everything God commanded him. Hebrew, Hebrews 11:7, the first part puts it beautifully. By faith, Noah when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. Guys, let, let's look at this. By faith, the first part, that's why Noah's doing it. Because he trusts that what God says is going to come to fruition. He trusts in God's promises. God tells him, I'm going to wipe out the human race, but I will keep you and your family alive. And that's enough for Noah to work for 120 years possibly to build this boat. Noah had faith, no questions asked. 
Noah had crazy faith. So while this is nowhere the same level on what Noah experienced, last January, I personally had to take a step of faith that threw me outside of my comfort zone. My mom came to me with a proposition. She said, hey, there's a summer camp that you used to go to called Eagle Lake. And Eagle Lake is uh, just a Christian summer camp outside. And what my mom said is, hey, they're looking for someone to drive a truck across the country. And I thought, hey, you know what? I love driving. Driving is one of my passions. Seriously, I love driving. I don't know, it's weird. But I was like, hey, that sounds awesome. Um, It'd be a great way to spend my summer. I'd be able to serve people and drive around. So I called the people at Eagle Lake and I learned, hey, I wouldn't be able to drive a truck because I'm not 21 years old yet. But I, I continued to look around and eventually I... I came to the the decision of this program they have called Excursions. And it's just an outdoor adventure camp. And I was like, hey, this sounds awesome. It's right up my alley. But with that, it was going to be three months long with me making substantially less money than I would have been at my current job. And I was like, hey, do I want to give up everything in my life to go, you know, spend three months on a summer camp? And I finally decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to do it. I cannot emphasize to you enough how life-changing that decision was. Me going to that camp is the reason I'm standing here today. God lit my faith on fire. He wanted me to serve not only him, but also the kids that I was able to counsel. God switched my life around at this camp. And it was me taking my step, having that crazy faith and taking that step out of my comfort zone to do something that God called me to that led to my life being radically transformed. And we can look at the same with Noah. Noah took the step on what God called him to do and his life was radically changed as he and his family were the only people left on the entire earth. So now we're gonna jump to Genesis 7, 12 through 23. And this is uh, 12 through 23, sorry. For 40 days, the flood kept coming on the earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits, which is about 23 feet. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. So guys, this is when it happens. When, Noah, when God sets the flood in the entire world, everything on the world gets killed. But Noah's obedience kept his family alive and is the reason that you and I are here today. Every single person in this room can trace their lineage back to Noah because Noah was obedient to God. So guys, how does this relate to us today? And I think you might be able to pick up on it a little, but our obedience to God not only benefits us, but it benefits the generations to come. Guys, someone's faith a hundred years ago is the reason why you have faith today. Honestly, someone's faith 16 years ago is the reason we're able to meet in this building right now because people took that step of obedience to the Lord. 
And honestly, we can go even back to the disciples with Jesus. Their obedience to what Jesus said is the reason that the church flourished and is why we are able to meet in a building today talking about our Lord and Savior. So like I mentioned before, just as Noah was obedient and did everything the Lord commanded him, we are called to do everything that the Lord commands us. And and that's how we're to remain in the love of Christ. Here's a list of some things, guys. We're called not to cheat. We're called not to use profanity. We're called not to be angry with others. We're called to glorify God in everything we do, not some things, everything. Every portion of your life, we're called to glorify God in. We're called to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. And we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And those are just some of the things. Here's the thing though. That is a huge task. And quite honestly, it's impossible for every one of us to do. But here's the awesome part. We have a helper who dwells in each and every Christian that enables us to stay obedient to the Lord. So I'm not sure how many of you guys are new to church or know about the Holy Spirit. So I'm gonna give a little rundown. But what's known as the Trinity is one God and three people. So God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus came, God sent Jesus on earth and God was on earth at this time. Then Jesus, he died, he was resurrected and he ascended to heaven, but he sent down a helper who's known as the Holy Spirit. And literally the Holy Spirit dwells inside each and every one of us. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is living inside of each and every Christian. He is the the one that is, enabling us to stay obedient to God. Guys, I'm gonna be the first to tell you, I am not obedient to God every day. I fall short of in so many ways. And it's because I'm a sinner. And, and that's hard. But here's the thing. Because I have the Holy Spirit in me, I am able to get back up day after day and continue to strive to be obedient to God. The Holy Spirit is the one doing that in me. He is the one enabling me to stay obedient to God's commands. And he's with me through thick and thin, no matter what's happening. So students, what I want you to take away tonight is we develop a crazy faith when we trust and rely on God. Guys, just as Noah trusted in God to keep him alive and relied on him to survive the flood, we are to rely and trust in God every single day of our life. Here, here's the awesome part, and I can't stress this enough. And this is such a truth about God that I want you guys to grasp today. But God is faithful to give us the strength to be obedient to him. I don't want you guys thinking that it's, it's all you who are gonna do it because we cannot do it by ourselves. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. But that's what's so awesome about God is he's giving us the ability to stay obedient to him. Guys, God was the one who carried Noah through the flood. And every single day, God is carrying us through each and every challenge that we face. Yes, it's true. God calls us to an extreme level of obedience. And there's challenges in that. Loving people who hate and persecute you is not easy. I can tell you that. That's not easy. Not lusting after people, not conforming to society, not cussing. There's a list of things that are not easy. But if we trust and rely on God, he is faithful to give us the strength to be obedient to him through his Holy Spirit. 
Guys, God gives us the strength to do things that we can't do on our own. In our doubt, he is faithful. And in our weakness, he is strong. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for, I thank you so much for these students in this room, Lord. I ask that you speak to each and every one of them and you help comfort them with the knowledge that you are with them every single day. And that no matter what struggles they are facing and whatever comes their way, you are faithful to help them, Lord. And that is such a blessing and gift to each and every single one of us. God, I thank you for every person in this room. And I ask that as we enter in the next week and the rest of our lives, we continue to stay obedient to you in whatever whatever is thrown at us, Lord. We know that you are faithful to help us. And I ask that, I ask that we do everything to glorify you, God. You are such a blessing and you are such a gift to each and every one of us. And, and it's, it's unfathomable how much you love each and every person, God. I thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to speak. And I ask that each and every person here continues to dive into what you have for them, no matter, no matter what's going on in their life, Lord. I pray that each and every one of us stays obedient and continues on the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.